This is not an expert podcast. It's yeah. not too yeah, late to so. do a part two. Exactly. Yeah, we can I, tease it. You know, let it. I think that something that's to hope the for. exact right train of thought, and, and that's all this is as a learning that's process. That's what I'm going to do with this. Cold War mm-hmm. is a thing that went on for half a century. Yeah. So you cannot condense it within one hour. Right. Let alone two hours, but I will try it within two hours. Right. You know. Um, I honestly, I have one question about the Cold War. Was this not about global warming? That's the warm war. That's the war that we're fighting right now. Yeah. Okay. One of the many. Okay. The, the war. So this 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 war is about <laughs> not Antarctica. the hot war, not the Antarctica not the climate yep. change wars. Antarctic and wars. Okay. So it was it totally was happened. not to be confused with the worm war, which is um, what the earthworms and other variation of worms that I'm unaware of uh, are going through at the moment. All the other um, worms. So yeah. the, the worm war is different than the worm war. Uh, don't get the two confused. They're both heavily heated. Um, but... <laughs> leave. Please leave. Um, but uh, you know, equally respectable, and each have merit in their in their own. No, I get that. Right. Same thing with the Cold War and the Cold War, and the Cold War. The like Cold one's War. one's about one's about how cold it is in okay. the house. You know, dads and kids mm-hmm. have this war every single day. Of course, the dad wants it warmer because of AC. The kids want it colder because they want to be comfortable. Okay. Not to be confused with the Chili War. The Chili uh, War. Which is similar to a chili <laughs> cook-off. Yeah. Which is not to be confused um, <laughs> with the Chili War happening in the country of Chile. <laughs> Um, which is not to be confused with the lukewarm war, which or is the, the war Applebee's that you're war. <laughs> or, the <Apple> <laughs> or the Chili's war. Oh I get what God. you're saying. Very funny. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. Anyways, there's more coal wars. I think we were doing. Yeah, there's the coal war and the coal war. There's the coal war of my God, damn it. This is such good content. <laughs> Tell him to shut the fuck up. Yeah, so there's also the Cold War and the Cold War. There's I know, uh, Jack just expresses a discontent with that phone call. Jack's like, yo, I hate this. Good. You know, every single time, I, I even, like, went, like, ten steps to, like, you know, turn off my phone, you know? But this is the first time hmm. of the three, or no. That you've left it on. That I've left it on, mm-hmm. and it's bit me in the ass. It's okay, our viewers need to know we're human. We are human. We get phone calls. Our viewers need to know that Dev leaves his ringtone on all the time like a maniac. That is true. I've never seen his phone on vibrate or silent. (laughs) Like a madman. It's either on (laughs) at full volume or his phone is off. Like there is no vibrate for this To be honest, save for you guys. I don't know how y'all keep your phone on silent all the time. My Apple Watch is really helpful, but that's why literally you call me, I don't answer. Three seconds later, I'm calling you back. That's how, because my phone's always on silent. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, my phone's on vibrate, which is why I respond to texts approximately eight hours after I've gotten the text. <laughs> that's why you got to catch them in person. You got to send them a bunch of texts yeah. and then go, so Michael, did you read my text? And then... And then I immediately go, what? Hold on. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you got to get him. You got to get the reply face to face. Yeah. Uh, you, can't, not, you can't get it via text. I'm not a good texter. I'm horrendous at texting. I don't know. I I'm do. not good at writing things down. Weird flex, but okay. That um, is, somebody I think who's that not might addicted be. to technology, that's fine. That might guess. be the worst flex of all time. <laughs> I don't know how to text. Is a horrible flex. <laughs> yeah, you're, you and my grandpa have that in common. Congrats. 
Oh shit. Wow. Are <laughs> you a grandpa? I'm the oldest in the house, so I might be. You are a you grandpa. Might as well be, yeah. Compared to me, you are a grandpa, Ma- actually. I am three years older than you, maybe. Three years? Something like that. Um, Only actually like two years. So now. yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's, I think it's two years. It's almost three years because your birthday's in June, your birthday's in August, so it's mm-hmm. like two years and ten months. Yeah. Well thanks it's for only making two years, me feel okay. We round like down in this house. Okay. Two years. So now that we've uh finished flexing other things. Yeah, all these other things that we're not experts on that you guys would just have to take our word for. We sound yeah. very expert. I mean, what else? We, we can flex on anything. Yo, what, what are you flexing on? We got some Nivea Original Daily Moisture 48 Hour Lotion right here because I got ashy. Isn't it Nivea? Because they do, they do the song at the end of the commercial. They go, Nivea. Is it Nivea? I think so. Oh, shit, I call it Nivea. My bad. That's on Nivea. me. That's on me. You put a little twist on it. I put a little, you know, like heaven backwards <laughs> is Nivea. Nivea? Uh, it's Nivea. Nev- I do everything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I mean, that's not, if, you, if you're if, trying to pronounce it how it's spelled, it's not Nivea. But that's how everybody that names their kids Nivea, they it. pronounce it Nivea. Yeah. Well, I'm going to name my kid Michael backwards. Lacum. 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 He's Lacum. That's wrong. I'm not calling him Lacum. Lacum. There you go. It's French. The other, we've landed, we've struck gold twice. Twice in 10 minutes. Oh my God. Lacum. We're moving on to Dev's topic of this week. By the way, this is not an expert podcast. Not an expert podcast with your hosts, Megan, Kevin, Dev, and your boy, Laycom. Laycom. Um, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if Kevin cut that whole part? Nobody knows <laughs> you what you're talking that. about. No one knows what's happening. Um, They're just like, who the fuck lost. is Laycom? Before we actually dive into the topic, I wanted to make a corrections moment for myself um, because episodes two and three just hit last week, and I, I listened to them because I am full of ego and I love my own voice. I don't. But... Regardless, um, I realized I sounded way, way, way too optimistic about Trump not being elected uh, in um, the in the fall. And so I wanted to dial that back a little bit. I think I don't know. Maybe I had like some Red Bull that day that made me uh, a little wonky. I was definitely way, way over optimistic. Please vote. Please don't think that, I mean, not like my word is uh, law, but please don't think that just because I said I don't think Trump is going to win, that what I mean is I don't think Trump is going to win. Vote, don't let Trump win, and please, please, please don't let my hubris and my, just my tongue getting away from me get in the way of whatever you were going to do. All I got to say, you had Red Bull (laughs) and the South flowing through your veins that day. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what I was on, but I was very, very confident. And I internally and externally am not that confident. We need him not to win, but it's not like a given. So please vote. Your voice matters. What you have to say matters. Please do that. Do that. And I think that's an excellent segue into what I wanted to talk about today. So how did we get here? How is Trump here? And what it is that built our society today, Mm. right? When we look at history, we all want to learn from history, correct? We all, that's what we say. 
we, the people who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Mm -hmm. But what does learning from history mean, right? What, is, what does it mean to look back and analyze what happened? There are many different ways that you can view history. And you can look at it from many different perspectives, right? And you can, you can never, ever get every single perspective. But you can try to recognize that other perspectives exist. And you can, you can try to analyze them. Or you can just try to respect them. And empathize with them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And what I want to talk about is what shaped this century, or at least the first 20 years of this century. And as with everything, the past shapes the future. And what happened in the previous century was a series of events that obviously were unprecedented. And on top of that, they left the world scarred and they changed it forever. It will never be the same from what it was. And the event that I'm talking about is the Cold War. So the start of the Cold War is the starting date is still very disputed. Some say that it started all the way before the World War II even ended. And some say it started well into the 60s after the propaganda machines were into place, after the US and Soviet Union were already having troubles. But the, the starting point is sort of left up to debate. Um, but we can start from what happened at the end of World War II. Now, imagine the entire world at war. It's, and we say that, right, World War II. But we say that with like, oh, it just happened, World War II, you know, it was just a war that our entire world lived through. But it's very hard to grasp the everlasting consequences of things that happened 70, 80, 90 years ago. Especially, I think that's why, like, people are desensitized to what's happening um, with the ICE and the detainment centers, mm -hmm. um, because it is the same as a concentration camp. It is the same as, like, mm -hmm. I mean, even as far as, like, the glorified labor, you know, children dying, people dying. I mean, it's, no, they're not going into gas chambers to die like they were, you know, in Auschwitz, but that doesn't mean it's not the same thing that's getting us there. And I think that's part of the reason people feel able to like distance themselves from it and be like, oh, it's not the same, even when it totally is. Um, just because it's such a distanced concept. Most people who were alive, um, especially in that and alive in those concentration camps, most of those people are dead. And so um, you have to work to find their stories. They're yeah. not just being laid out in front of you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it, I'm, the distance between World War II and now, I think has led to a huge belief that it was less significant than it was. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And, and think the, about yeah, Sorry. the amount of resources it took to try to stop that you know sorry what were you saying kevin continue oh i was just gonna say like the piggybacking off of what megan was saying um i think the big thing is that it's just nobody i can't really say nobody but the vast majority of people uh in li current living generations have not had a conflict that has affected them so directly um 
as anything that happened in either of the world wars or uh, you know, even in like the Civil War, if, we're, if we want to keep it to U.S. specific. So we haven't had anything, no conflict so widespread that it's affected uh, even close to the majority of people, not even, I would say, like 30 percent of Americans. There's no conflict that has affected uh, enough people that that saying words like concentration camps really hit like they should. Uh, and it, it's really sad. It's disheartening. It's pretty much the entire reason that Trump can get away with all of the shit that he can get away with. And it's infuriating. Continue. Well, it's hard to believe that people today believe that Holocaust didn't happen. I cannot stand those people. Holocaust One, deniers. Some people do believe that, and yeah, I don't get it. Like, they exist. Do you just think those, those, like, those millions just disappeared off the face of the planet? Like, they they're think, like, I'm here. I'm gone now. They like, think what they the never fuck? existed. I want you to know they think they never existed in the first that's place. That's not how that works. And also, that's not, like, better. Um, but, yeah, that's, a, I mean, part of what I was saying with my, like, people who deny, like, shootings that happened. Like, they think those people just never fucking existed. And what a terrible, yeah, like, feeling to know that your family member that was impacted or your friends that were impacted or that died that people just believe that they never even actually fucking like, well, existed. They were like, hey, that kindergarten that got killed? No, that that that, that seven-year-old, he wasn't, he wasn't alive. He, well, ne he never existed. And yesterday was actually the eight-year anniversary of um, the Aurora Theater shooting. I didn't talk about it because I try to keep to myself about my feelings on that day just because, like, it's a, it feels like a very solitary struggle here that I go through because nobody here was, like that was there that day or um it's weird not being a part of that day in colorado where there are vigils where there are you know mm -hmm. um a lot of i mean this year a lot of them were online but there's there's a lot of people who were very directly affected um and yesterday was a big reminder of that um so that's yeah i remember it. you the talking about that in episode one when you were talking about a. Uh, uh, hoax people, the people that said like Sandy Hook hoax and that uh, people in the Aurora Theater shooting didn't actually die and how how mm -hmm. it's like okay to think about conspiracies but when it starts to get to the point where it directly affects people involved or people close to those involved, you know, it's overstepping. Yeah. I think we should start holding, we can hold vigils here. Like as, yeah. a, as, a, as a family here, we can hold vigils to support yeah. it and be, we can try and grow. I think it would be nice to do something because it is such it still is such a big like event in my life um but yeah it's just very weird not i mean last year and this year are the first years that i haven't like been in colorado for that day yeah um so it's it's weird to no no well, I'm, I'm, like so, I'm sorry that we didn't do that anything. From afar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard unless you're like heavily involved, like in the community to remember. But uh, July 20th, 2012 is when it happened. Um, so, yeah, that is a it's it, I mean, it not only discredits the lives and suffering of nine million people mm -hmm. and countless more, probably two to three times more that mm -hmm. were displaced that had their family stripped away from them. It discredits all of that. And on top of that, it discredits the world's work to get rid of something. To like not that. make it happen again. Discredits the learning that can happen. Yes. It's Preach. Preach. <laughs> Pastor <so> Dev. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, the biggest loser. So in war, there are no winners. 
you know, it's... That's true. Yep. It's such a bloody affair. It's such a bloody method of conflict resolution because there is no conflict resolution. It's just more conflict. It starts out as such, but it never ends as such, you know. And Russia, or not Russia, at that time, uh, Soviet Union ended up losing 20 million people. That's crazy. That is a, an insane amount of resources to lose. Mm. And these, and a majority of them, were young men. An entire generation was lost. Think about me, Kevin, Michael. You probably would have died of starvation. I was going to say, I can't afford this house alone, y'all. So And, and we would have all been <laughs> short off. Of We're dead it. now. And We're dead now, man. You don't care. I and know. Most that's likely. It. Well, and not only that, but of course, that's like my first takeaway. No, I would obviously like miss you. You know, like your company. <laughs> not as much I think as there's the house. a greater point that he was getting. To. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. But and this is my uh, second insensitive comment. Is that why there are so many babushkas in Russia? <laughs> Oh, no. Kevin, oh, no. Kevin actually was drinking and he spit it back up. So that was the greatest. Is that why I'm? I'm what asking. are babushkas? Babushkas they're, are Russian grandmothers. They're the old, the single, old, old like, women, old women the in Russia. Very tough. Babushka. I'm genuinely asking: Is that the right so, time period that I'm placing? But World I'm War so II sorry ended, for the um, insensitivity. What about 1945? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. So it they would have been what about seventy five right now? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly why there are so many babushkas. Okay, I'm or sorry. Let's say <laughs> about like give them fifteen years, you know, fifteen twenty twenty years to you know get out of the dating end. pool. Yeah. You know, so about ninety years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Babushkas. Yeah. I mean, I'm so sorry. Babushkas did you know that years baby boomers? Are yeah. the only, not even the baby boomers, uh, um, the people who birthed the baby boomers. Mm. What are they? What are they called? Boomer the daddies. The great depressioners. The people who I call came them back boomer from daddies. War. Did you boomer know daddies. That the generation that was born afterwards was the is, is the only specific generation recognized by the U.S. government as distinct. We call it like oh millennials, Generation X and Y. Mathematically, there is no distinction between them. That's interesting. It's a very fluid rate of growth. Mm-hmm. But because of World War and because of the shift in resources, like our soldiers came back and they decided that we just fought through the bloodiest war in history and now we want to produce some kids. I will say, though, um, at this point, there are more millennials and generations years than there ever were um ever were baby Mm -hmm. boomers and so you're right that they're probably not distinct because there's probably like there's anywhere you go and look up like the the years for the generations they're gonna say different years exactly um but even still that population outnumbers the baby boomers always has I mean, except for, of course, like, when they weren't born. But, like... It was the silent generation. The silent generation. Mm. Because no one cares about their stories. Well, they're Jesus. dead now, so... Christ. Um, I, but, I, yeah. it, anyways, so it's important um, to vote because old people don't rule the country anymore. Now you can go. Sorry. <laughs> well, say vote uh, at least 15 more times, so get your uh, get your counters out. 
Has it been? It's been three already, right? It's been probably more than that. You'll get a five dollars Starbucks gift card if you can name the exact amount of times Megan has said to vote between episodes one and episodes ten to be released. That's true. Wait, hold on. No, because they're just going to go back and listen and get a counter and then email us. We're not going to count it. So the first person to email us is basically going to get a gift card if we get think the they're right. Well, whoever, whoever emails us first with a random number that's probably over 30 and less, actually go as high as you want, uh, you, you get $5. All right. Now that we're done bastardizing and, <laughs> and just ruining Dev's discussion. Please <laughs> <Sorry>. continue. <laughs> With Starbucks. Who the fuck brought that up? But also, it doesn't have to be Starbucks it because is very they're relevant. money-hungry I want you uh, to know the Starbucks is an extremely relevant thing to what we're going to talk about today. Because oh, Starbucks yeah. is the Russia of America. I don't, I don't know. Amazon is. Yeah, probably. If anyone is, it's fucking... <laughs> I was right, man. Dev, just hand this topic over me. Damn it, dude. <laughs> just kidding. Go, go, go. Who gave me Starbucks as a starter? <laughs> I would have jumped to Amazon first. Jeff Bezos is um, the... Who was it? Was it Mussolini? No, he was Italy, right? Mussolini yeah. was Italy. Uh, he was in You think of Stalin? Stalin. Stalin. Jeff Bezos is Stalin. Don't come for us. Sorry. <laughs> he's going to listen to us. I know. He's he will like, buy us. Fuck oh. these kids. No, we're going to talk a little bit he about will Stalin buy us. today, no. too. It's going to yeah. get to a fact where he will offer us enough money that he can buy us out. He will just buy everything that we are He will buy in. everything. He could buy the world. If he, he would buy my now. company. He'll buy Dev's company. He'll buy your company. Like a million times. He'll buy your company without even blinking. He'll just be like, fuck it, dude. Fuck these kids. Buy it. Fire them. (laughs) Fire them. As long as he buys this house and gives us enough money to buy our next house in the next year, then that's fine. Yo, but I'd say, Bezos, if you want to give me like three million to buy some houses for people, specifically us people, specifically that one house. Specifically, eight million and dollars That's true. We were because that house was fire, dude. We were million dollar shopping or multi million dollar shopping houses in Georgia today. Nice. That was a Dream nice day. house. I do so that we're, all we're, the time. we're going touring. Yeah. We're going touring this weekend. If you yeah, we are going to go tour this uh, Saturday. Not, basically nine million dollar house this weekend. The realtor called me. I have to call her back in the morning. Yeah, but we're she not joking. Today. We're going to go tour it. Nine million dollar house. There is a pool. Dev's like. Just just don't expect like me to not buy. on the ground. There's a <laughs> yeah. pool up yeah. on like yeah. the second floor, yeah. and it has an elevator, and it has a pool room, it has a bar room, it has a whole That's room true. for for was it? it was ping pong and billiards. Are you just giving me motivation to work harder? Is that what you're doing? I'm saying you're not working hard enough. I definitely am not. I can tell you that. Myself. Give us what we deserve, Dev. <laughs> I don't care about you. I care about us. I, Listen, as long as we don't have to pay more in rent. I think you guys are starting to get the reason why this is Cold War Part 1. Oh. <laughs> oh, whoops. I will be honest. I forgot we were talking about the Cold War. The Chili War. The it's Chile War. Applebee's War. Matter yes. Mind. The um, Cole Sprouse War, where you're trying to decide which Some people which call it Chile. Some people call it Applebee's War. Also on J. Cole. J. Cole versus Kendrick War. The Old Chicago War. They came out of left field. Do you remember Old Chicago, you guys? What's <laughs> Old, old Chicago? Chicago War. It's, um, it's basically like Applebee's or Chili's, but instead of um, like salsa, it's like pizza, burgers, mm. like that type of eatery. Interesting. It and was it's called big. Old Chicago. Yeah, I don't know if Georgia has any. I don't even know if Georgia the planet doesn't. has any at this. Did point. it? Did Old Chicago burn down like Old Chicago did? 
Um, maybe because that, maybe the down. one by my house. Chicago did. I don't Chicago know. burned down in like it was like 1920 or 1930. Chicago burned mm-hmm. down. I know Atlanta burned down. I think every major city has burned down. At Listen, a point. Denver just got major recently, and so it has not burned down. We're, we're yet. waiting. Yeah. Denver is gonna burn down soon. <laughs> it's coming. Kevin hates us for talking about burning. By the way, have we? Now. We've been talking for like thirty minutes to an hour about random topics <laughs> that aren't even about the Cold War. <laughs> so, after World War II, there were only two people standing. After the Mexican shootout was done. Only two people survived. One was the U.S. and the other was Russia. Or Soviet Union. I keep saying Russia, but it's Soviet Union. It's I mean, okay. Soviet not- Union, yeah, it was basically Russia mixed with like Ukraine and Czechoslovakia. For the most part. Well, you're, you're not an expert on the topic, so it's okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't expect yes. expertise Thank you, Megan. Out of you. Thank you for bailing me out. <laughs> yeah. I like that little dance, too. <laughs> That's good. Um, but U.S.? Let's say it left with a flesh wound, you know, not the Monty Python flesh wound, <laughs> an actual flesh wound. Mm-hmm. Russia did leave with a Monty Python flesh wound. So they had no arm. So no they legs. had no arms no or legs. legs, and their neck was half chopped off anyways. You know, They were nearly headless um, neck. Yeah, yeah. Nearly you headless can Russia. <laughs> well, it's very hard to yes. imagine <laughs> the struggles that the people in a post-war country would be going through mm-hmm. it would be a time for celebration right it would be a time for everyone to open up their bottles of vodka and drink them endlessly but it but it's hard to do that when you have lost an entire generation of people mm-hmm. it's hard to do that when you've lost you know, three out of the five friends that you had to the war mm-hmm. and, and so i'm just trying to paint a picture of the grim times that were present in the Soviet Union right afterwards. Sure, they came. They uh, claimed over a lot of the territory that Germany was controlling during the war, but that is no consolation for the lost lives. Yeah. And who, how are you going to tell the mothers? How are you going to tell the sisters? Right. I, I think I'm. I, I think I'm. I'm beating a dead horse here. No, at this no, point. I get what I'm you're saying. That's the horses. point. That's what World War II was. Yeah. Beating the dead horse of a country that every other country was. I mean, how are you going to tell them babushkas that so, they have no more people to babush? <laughs> what would you do now that you have won a war? What is your next goal? Take over I, the world. Wait, me? as which country? Sorry, as, as me, US Megan? And Russia. What are your. What are your. Or. How about you both, y'all, all okay, three of you? We memorialize the people that we've lost. Okay. We encourage people to go out and vote mm-hmm. for uh, sustained economic recovery in these uh-huh. hard times. Um, and that's basically it. I think that if I were a politician, I would just really try to remember the people that were lost. I wouldn't make it a celebration. I get the inclination to do that, but for so many people, it wasn't. So I would just memorialize lost lives and, oh, Try to avoid going to war again. That's that's the ticket, right? Yeah, I Kevin, would, Kevin, I would, Kevin what, would what would you do? Because I feel like my answer uh, is going to be a good one that I'm going to say. If I'm the U.S., uh, I'm going to basically no. As you, <laughs> as Kevin, what does Kevin do? Megan Country. Yeah, Megan Country. Is Kevin now Country. Basically, Switzerland. We don't do war anymore. <laughs> it's too much. Um, if it were m- me, if mm-hmm. I don't even know how to personify a war for. The individual. Give it a shot. Okay. 
if I had just won a war between me and I guess a few other individuals, there was it's some Catan. great conflict. It's Catan, yeah. You and if you were, let's few make it other simple. It's, it's you with like millions of like fire ants against someone else who has slightly fewer millions of fire ants to fight. Did what you would know you that do there are actually you genuinely soldier ants that you could there have are. used in your example? There are. <laughs> I also, I would have done, how about this? No, it's you, because we're America. You have bullet ants. They just have simple fire ants. They can't do shit to you. <laughs> Sorry, Dev was going to make this simpler. I was gonna say, let's make it simple. Let's have a house war. Okay. Okay. I made it. This simple. house Ants. versus the neighbor's house. Oh, oh, we would kill. Have you met what Andy? Would you do? Andy has a, a blue car, and therefore we could crush him. He drives a convertible. <laughs> he does have a convertible. We could crush him. Okay, so we're saying that we won a war against the neighbor. Yeah. You have subdued him. You have imprisoned him. And now what are you going to do? Okay, yeah. Peace Where's treaty. Peace treaty of some sort makes sense, right? Okay. Like, just say, hey, what do we have to do to make sure that this conflict doesn't happen again with. You keeping in mind that we just beat the shit out of you. Like, what will be favorable for us? Uh, and then, yeah, trying to rebuild all the shit that was destroyed in our own house, probably, right? Like, we don't mm-hmm. want to live with a bunch of broken shit. And how would you rebuild that? Uh, with the money that we're asking Britain for. With it. my own two hands. With the money that we're asking the neighbors across the street for. A new start. A I new see. day. Yeah. Your or all the, all the money. It, well, I don't want to get into the actual examples, so I'm going to scratch that for yeah. now. Michael, what uh, would you do? If it was the land of Michael against the land of Andy and we beat them, I'm fucking killing them all. <laughs> and I'm taking, I am taking that house for okay, hours. Okay. And I'm merging these two backyards together and we will become one house under me. There's no God. I am God. One house under me, undivided, until someone comes to beat me. And the neighbors who gave us money, we kill them too if they don't give us money back. So, um, Michael's a dictator, so he should so not So next we talk vote. about Stalin. I mean, Michael. <laughs> I mean, Michael. <laughs> I've been beat down so many times in this country, I deserve to be ahead once. <laughs> I'm taking I my... I deserve lead. to be ahead, and the second I am, I'll murder the people. <laughs> so That's not, how you stay the, ahead. The people I care about will be equal to me. Like, <laughs> like, you know, you three and our listeners, because people listening now I care about... Mm. Anyone else? Would you do, Michael? I will. I'm killing everyone. I, think that's I, don't, know. Yeah. I don't think he has a plan. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, no, no, no. Once, once, once I kill, once I kill them, because we, once I kill Andy and get Russia, I guess. Honestly, if Andy ever listens to this, you guys, he's gonna be so bummed that we're talking about murdering him. So maybe we should leave his name out of it. Bummed. I love you, Andy. We should send him a link. I'm not gonna lie, you're a really hey, we chill dude. About you. Yeah, just, I'm just totally, a heads up. Just a heads up. This is only in war times. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will kill the dude that left your house before I kill you. You said you would try to rebuild your house, right, Kevin? Yeah, of course. Who wouldn't? What if your neighbor had everything you wanted? <laughs> That's what I'm here for. There kill him. Wouldn't you just there. take all okay. their shit now that all you right. beat the hell out of them? No, because we're trying to avoid war again. And wouldn't you just occupy their house? Well, they don't have a military. You just destroyed their military. You took over their, all their generals. But there's still them. people. This is why we're on I two know, opposite sides I, of the table. That's why people are like, oh, hippie, you could never be president. No, no, no. This is, it's a totally reasonable thing to do person to person, but you de-personify things when you take it to a country scale. Yeah. But, but that's what I think imagine, we need to stop doing. I agree. But continue. So I mean, I'll kill Stalin. I'm not going to kill millions of innocents. I will let them join us peacefully. 
most like people like you wouldn't think of that. But it and sucks that the world the isn't streets. run by people like you, Megan. We couldn't make it. It really does suck. Yeah. Because there, what US and Soviet Union did was they split the entire German Empire for mm. themselves. US, France, England, and Russia. Or Soviet Union, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, split up the entire Russian, I mean... Oh my God! Soviet Union, German territory. Oh, uh, sorry. Well, and <laughs> I really thought I had it this time. So now this is post-war. All of Europe is torn. Everywhere from the Eiffel Tower, France, to Venice, to Greece, to Turkey, to Yugoslavia, which didn't even exist back then, I don't think. But the land where Yugoslavia is now. The yeah. land was there. We appreciate you, Poland. Land. It, it was all destroyed. Mm -hmm. it, there was... There was nothing... There, there was no hope. The only hope that could be provided were either by the Soviet Union or the U.S. Mm -hmm. So they did the only natural thing that a country in a position like that would do is start influencing them. As time went on, in very early on during that, two different ideologies began to spread. One of them was the Marxist-Lenin-supported communism, and the other was the capitalistic society of the West. Did I tell you that um, I took an ideological uh, spectrum quiz uh -huh. and I fell right in between socialism and commun er, communism? Because I, I scared myself with my own good intentions. Communism is a good system if it weren't run by people. I think that the and, famous and saying... That's another <laughs> thing that we're going to discuss. Yeah. The famous saying is that communism is perfect on paper. Yeah. I, like, I scared the shit out of myself, though. I was like, I am... Megan took it. She goes, oh my God, I'm a communist. Right, sunshiny days. <laughs> so before we go further, I kind of want to clear up, not clear up, but I just kind of want to state the definitions of what I think, what communism uh, and what capitalism mean. Mm -hmm. So throughout the research that I was doing in Cold War, especially in, in that time, capitalism was what meant that companies were privately owned. That was a big key factor. And on top of that, it was a very good thing if they had a democratically elected uh, government and they had a reasonable amount of freedom in speech. And that's what the Western countries, the first world countries, that those were the the peak ideological mm -hmm. uh, supporting arguments. Obviously, it never turned out to be ideal. Great, right? uh, but that's what the idealism was for. Mm -hmm. The Marxist communism was about state-owned everything. Mm. That your work, no matter how hard you work, would be just as equal as a person doing almost nothing. And yeah. that was that, that's a very extreme, crude way well, of saying it. Well, but to be fair, like, but I don't believe is. in that. But, and, but the thing was, it never worked out such, that way because the state was so good at employing everyone as long as they had positions to employ people. Right. So it never, that wasn't really a problem. That's like, oh, people aren't working. That never really happened. But it was mainly about 
people owning companies. What if you owned BP, right? What if you owned Exxon? I wouldn't. Right? BP I don't believe in drilling so oil, and so I would It would be more Exxon or, or, or Shell, mm-hmm. right? What if you owned a part in that? Right. What if Wouldn't. every single citizen owned a part? He's making of that? a point. I, I would. I would own that all day. Do you mean like stock? No, I mean like so I want to own the company because it's a state-owned. Oh. You wouldn't see dividends per se, but you would see the benefits of it. Oh, I want to. You own would it, see yeah. food provided to you. You would see clothing provided to you. Mm-hmm. You would see medicine provided to you. You know, like all these things. Would you wouldn't have to work to get them? They would be, you know, provided to you by the state. There are certain things that definitely should be. Exactly right, but one of the chief ideology uh, founding things of communism in Soviet Union it started off from the Vanguard Party. Okay, the Vanguard Party were the initial supporters of Karl Marx and Lenin's uh, vision of Soviet Union. So what they wanted was a democratic centralist government. That meant that the people, the working class people, I'm talking like the blue collar workers owned the government. And they believed that That's in any single type of system, one class rules everything. And they believed in order to change that, a revolution is required. You know, so they were very like handed in that like, oh, revolution mentality, you know, power to everyone. So they were pretty high on that. And and everyone wanted a piece of the cake, even though there wasn't much of a cake left because Mm -hmm. everyone in the world started to destroy it. They just wanted what was left because they saw every other country got demolished and they just they were worried of what was going to happen to them. Mm -hmm. So. Those are the ideologies that were already implanted in the Soviet Union from the beginning, from the 20s and 30s. So that ideology stayed. And as it came, it started clashing with the concepts of the West. At first, capitalism wasn't really a concept. It was just a method of free trade. But, as, but eventually, as more and more presidents and more and more uh, philosophers, it started to look against Russia and it's like, oh, Okay, what can we do? They realized that we needed a central ideology to, for everyone in the West to gather behind, right? That it wasn't just enough for, like, you know, say that communism, you know, isn't good. Because they, at that time, Turkey and Greece were in the worst of the shapes. Mm-hmm. And they were about to succumb to the Soviet Union. So America realized, no, 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 no. We cannot let that happen. Those are insane powers. Even though they just went through a massive war, they are extremely helpful. So at that time, it was the true. Uh, it was Truman was a president, and he started the Marshall Plan. It was basically a New Deal for Europe. Is he spent thirteen billion dollars to build to rebuild the country? He gave them manufacturing equipment. He gave them. Uh, like political help. He gave them militaristic help because you don't have a military anymore. Like even the winning countries were faltering with their military. Yeah. So in, the, it's in some cases, he even gave them money, straight up cash. Like, here you go, ball out, 
do what you need to do to build your country. I do want to say Michael is so impressed by that 13 billion uh, number. And I want you to know that when we're talking like U.S. to other countries, it's all made up. Those numbers aren't really real. Like we print our own money whenever we say like we're in a deficit or any of that. It's all just made up numbers to sound oh, yeah. scary. It's not real. Numbers actually are fake entirely um, in themselves. Uh, the sooner you learn that, the more or the less stress you'll have in life. So I went through years of calculus and differential equations mm-hmm. to learn that everything I learned was made up For and fake. fake. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck this, dude. But truly, we print our own money. And so it's funny because, it, like, you're right. He handed them cash, but it was, like, cash that we... They For them, cash printed. didn't mean shit. Yeah. It was a cash given from a I country think, yeah. that just won the war, and that's about it. U.S. Mm-hmm. doesn't have the nor- didn't have the notoriety I don't, notoriety that it does today. Mm-hmm. I don't think the cash was that big of a deal as much as him giving... The manufacturing goods and the militaristic yeah. power. Yeah. Like I think yeah. that's where that's the, the value. Stuff. Like Definitely. I consider the thirteen billion like the money useless. I consider the thirteen billion in the things that we gave them in terms of what they could use. But here's the thing that is uh, a little bit confusing to me. So the Cold War, the USSR was wanting state supplied and funded everything, which um, definitely has its own set of issues. Uh, But then instead of getting it from the USSR, they instead just got state supplied everything from the US. Like it was still state supplied everything. It was still, it was just from the US instead of from USSR. And now you're starting to see that ideologies are never black and white like that. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, you're still, you're still getting the same, you're getting the same things under the same premise. And that doesn't make sense. But the thing was, people had to unite behind something. And it was really just about control. Exactly. Because it's about who supplies them with those things. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. And and they needed it. They really did need it. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know, they might not be where they are today if it wasn't for it either. Or maybe they would have been even better if it wasn't for it. Well, it's never a bad thing to help your neighbor. Exactly. Um, And so... And U.S. decided to do that. You know, and even though it was, you know, after an entire ordeal, um, they decided to. But Well, and with questionable so intentions. This was, I think when you think about ideologies, right? When you think about ideologies in the past, especially, especially religious ideologies, right? And we think about how people fought for them, right? This was an this was on a different level because religions require, required one, maybe two, maybe three countries, you know, going to war against each other. Mm-hmm. This included every single country in the world. Even if they declared themselves neutral, they'd never stop. Because even if you are neutral, that does not mean your influence doesn't spread, right? So, well, and that doesn't mean that you're not still, like, taking a stance. Exactly. Like, neutrality is not the absence of a stance. It's yeah. just another stance to yeah. take. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it was really about ideology. And we can see which ideology won from that. You know, yeah. we can already see the winner coming out of it. Right? Uh, but imagine how different it would be, the world would be, if socialism or uh, you know communism one 
Isn't that um, Man in the High Tower? Isn't Man in the that High Castle? High Castle, yes. Yeah. Isn't that what that's about? Or that's, it's Japan? N- no. So it's, it's not about communism. It's about if Germany, Japan, and Italy won. Mm. World War II. <laughs> World War II. Okay. So it's sense. the different set of ideologies from the losing side, mm-hmm. not necessarily the winning side. Uh, and they do talk about the Russian communist ideologies in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's a it's a different uh, um, it's a ideology. different premise. Yes. 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 Okay. So if the USSR won the Cold War, would we all have to speak Russian now? Probably. Suka bliad. Oh, you already do. Well, that's the only Russian I know, and that's a bad word. So no one repeat that. And from there, these two superpowers started to form a plan. What do we do with this world that pretty much is a blank slate now, right? Everything got wiped as in, you know, all the governments are suffering. So it'd be very easy to go in there, assert your own influence and have whatever it is that you want from it. So the Soviet Union, they saw that this Western mentality needed uh, some Russian communism in there. The countries of what we still think of Soviet Union as and all the countries around it signed the Warsaw Pact. Have you guys heard of the Warsaw Pact? I've heard of it. The Warsaw Pact was basically saying, it's like, oh, well, uh, Soviet Union was like, yeah, we're, we'll have let you have free elections. We'll let you have, you know, freedom of speech, but just sign up with us, you know, like, you know. but what truly ended up happening was Stalin ended up installing... Um, headless governments basically uh that he could control mm. through the use of a secret military uh a secret police force mm-hmm. that would silence any and all opposition against him in those countries and th- these countries had no say in that because yeah. how were they going to defend it they had no military they had nothing they were they were just lucky to just be alive yeah. at that point and, Ru- and soviet union started to spread its influence Throughout the territories. Well, because proximity, like, or just off of proximity alone, they're a lot closer. So it's easier for them to... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very easy. So China, at this time, was in a 30-year-old civil war. 20- or 30-year-old civil war. So it was suffering from millions of dead itself. Mm -hmm. When Russia saw this as an opportunity to spread its influence... Mm -hmm. And there it goes, in, in, uh, you, know, you know, invading China with its ideology. And uh, at that time, it was uh, Mao Zedong versus the People's Republic of China. It's the Communist Party versus the People's Republic of China. Mm-hmm. And we can see who won. And the Repu- People's Republic of China got relegated to Taiwan. So which is why Taiwan and China have heavily tense relationships to this mm-hmm. day. And it goes back... Again, to the Cold War, you know, and because Russia decided that it was better for them to spread their influence, uh, you know, because they saw this country that strifled with civil war. It's like, what's to do? I'm going to take it over. You know, I'm going to get them to follow my ideology so I can strengthen my position. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. sort of adopted the same thing, but they called it containment. They, so uh, the U.S. government, CIA, FBI, they were all tasked with 
getting as many supporters for capitalism as they could. Capitalism was the key. If they had a democracy, it was a good plus, but not necessarily required. Mm. Because they toppled over a lot of democracies in order to install capitalistic uh, states in them. That makes sense. You know, uh, countries in the Middle East, Iran, I think, uh, I think either Iran or Afghanistan wanted to nationalize their oil uh, or um, nationalize their oil resources. This was in like the 60s or the 70s. And CIA decided, you know what? No. You, uh, we're going to install, we're going to have a coup. And you're going to get the fuck out of here. And we're going to install a new government that is not very friendly to human rights. But it is capitalistic, you know. So it was their way of spreading influence throughout the world and calling in containment. I can also see how, um, if you think about like, so there is a lot of like, propaganda, for lack mm -hmm. of a better word, to make people think that capitalism was a great idea in the U.S. There was a lot of propaganda in um, Russia uh, that led people to think that communism was a great idea in, in well, Russia, I guess the USSR. But regardless, um, if I had to pick my top two most nationalist countries, it would be the U.S. and Russia. And I think that that probably has a good amount to do with being led to believe, generationally led to believe, that the systems that we have in place are absolutely, without a doubt, the best ones, number one, like best at everything. Um, and that leads to a dangerous exactly. amount of nationalism. I think we take the systems we have today for granted. Mm. And not just granted as in like, oh, we don't appreciate them. It's that we appreciate even the bad things about them without knowing what they are, right? And that's was that's what my you know what I'm gonna talk to you about the Cold War, what it is that shaped the society we live today, right? Mm -hmm. This was the most influential thing of the past century. Sure, World War II was intense, but this shaped the world even more beyond that. And probably because it did it one over a longer span of time, and mm -hmm. the best way to. Um shape the world is to do so generationally. Mm -hmm. If you can span your message mm -hmm. over multiple, gener multiple generations, I mean, we've seen how deep generational ignorance runs. And I mean, mm -hmm. not, not just ignorance, I mean, genera generational acceptance and stuff, you know, yeah. also spans, but it is the best way to not only have a strong message, but to make it stick is to make sure it spans over generations. Yeah. And then also to do it subtly in the background. There's a reason yeah. we all know what World War II was about, but we don't know what the Cold War was about. Yeah. Because one happened in the background, and if you can do it subtly, if you can make it in the background, if you can make it so people don't even necessarily know what they're seeing yeah. or what they're hearing or what's a part of what versus, you know, if you can do that, then you also have a stronger message because people aren't even realizing that you're preaching to them, yeah. that you're um, making a message stick with them specifically. They just think that, you know, you're suggesting some ideas and listen, they're pretty good. Um, so I definitely can see how that would be the most influential in the background, generationally. Yeah. 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 So around this time, Truman signed the Truman Doctrine, which was basically an anti-communist, like, American propaganda, if you will. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it was to let all the people that we will not stand for this. We will not stand for the red state and we will fight against it. As in, for them, it wasn't an all-out war. He did not want an all-out war. The country was just reeling back from it. Right? Mm-hmm. For him, it was about finding different ideas, different solutions to the problem. Mm-hmm. Right? And he came up with, in that, containment was one of the theories. Mm-hmm. That, you know what? We are not going to let communism spread anywhere else. Wherever it is, we're going to leave it because it would be nearly impossible to remove it from there without risking all-out war. So we're just going to not let it spread. And this is where influencing governments became a government thing. You know, like before it was very much like, like maybe an enemy in a wartime would try to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, and or an internal political party would try to um, steal an election. But this was very much the U.S. government had a hand in it. And they did not try to hide it. The world was changing at this time. Countries were behaving differently because a lot of it was just they. It called new era called for new solutions to the same old problems, mm-hmm. and they just. It was a very interesting era. Well, um, this is also recently after the Great Depression. And so there was a big uh, desire for a new way to do mm-hmm. things. A, like, we can't let ourselves end yeah. up in the Great Depression again. We can't let ourselves end up in a recession again. Like, there was a lot of, again, generational fear um, surrounding, like, economic instability. Yeah. And so proposing an emphasis on capitalism... Um, proposed, you know, a new a new solution to a problem that had generationally left scars. Um, kids grew up starving, and um, yeah. you know there there were a lot of generational scars that happened around that time. And so I can definitely see that being like the perfect time to strike with that message. Yeah. Just by the way, that's how a lot a lot of wars were started. That's how a lot of bad people made it into power Mm. is because the people of the country were just deprived and they wanted something to rally behind. That's what happened with the French Revolution. That's what happened in Germany after World War II. That's what happened in Russia. That's like basically why Stalin made it into power, although he wasn't democratically elected, but that's a different issue. We know that Russian leaders are all kind of corrupt. That's probably Russia. If you're listening, listen. Don't. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) If you're listening, just die. Um. The uh. The other thing, building off of that, that actually, uh, I have a very difficult time understanding how Trump got elected and understanding the mindset of people. Um. But one of the things that actually really helped me wrap my brain around how um. Trump ended up gaining such a wide following is I don't remember where I saw it, if it was on The Daily Show. It was in an interview. So it was just some random person who was a Trump supporter. um, I actually believe from Georgia. Uh, But they were saying um, that a lot of the reasons that they wanted to vote for Trump was a lot of the same reasons that Obama built his campaign around a promise of change a promise of a new way of doing things, a promise of, like, the things that have happened prior, we're not going to continue to do that. They, like, they had a, I mean, obviously the ways they wanted to go about doing things 
completely different worlds apart. But the appeal of like who we were is not who we have to be going forward. The appeal of that actually, I mean, I mean, it appealed in Obama's case and it appeals in Trump's case. And that helped me understand at least where people could start viewing like even dictatorship you know they just say like the way that we were doing things obviously isn't working and so we're going to push forward with something different and people are way 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 more open to that than the same old same old yeah so counter michael you guys went to germany right mm-hmm. where else where did you guys go in germany uh we were both sides east west did you guys go to berlin mm-hmm. so berlin? oh we saw the wall yeah. Well, yeah. the wall used to be. Yes. No, you didn't. My mic. No, I've seen the wall. My mom has an actual piece of the burn. She was there when the wall was taken nice. down. She has a piece of the wall. Yeah. That My, she knocked off with a sledgehammer. That's just a line. No, it's now it's literally just a line. Down of the. I think she wall. was just in Germany. My Clyde was born in Germany. Mm-hmm. Like when this 1989, when the wall was taken down, I believe. I also have a Late family 80s, in Germany, um, but. Uh, she, my aunt, was in America still when that all happened. Um, but Germany's a very interesting country. Um, the best thing about them is, uh, well, I mean, maybe not the best thing, but uh, they hold on to a lot of fear about the same mis- mistakes that they've made happening again. But what it does, instead of I mean, my aunt will say that in some ways they really let it hold them back, but in other ways they really let it push them forward because they have so much fear. They have learned their lesson. They do want something more progressive. Um, They do want something, you know, that genuinely is better than where they've been before. And so, yes, in some ways they hold on to the, you know, that fear, but in other ways they really let it go and like progress, progress very, very far because of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. which I mean, obviously if the Holocaust could not happen, that would have been better, but to see a country genuinely able to learn from their history and try to not make it happen again is pretty inspiring and cool to see. We're talking mainly about communism, but we're familiar with capitalism, what it stands for. Right. And we talked Mm -hmm. about that too. And so now you need a center stage for these ideologies to go toe to toe. What? Better place than the war-torn Berlin that both countries are trying to rebuild. What better way to showcase the entire world that if you sign up with us, this is what you'll get. And if you sign up with us, this is what you'll get. Mm. Right. So and now you have these two countries going toe to toe, not in a political way, but in an economical way in a singular city. So I told you half of it was controlled by Soviet Union and the other half was controlled by the West, France, UK and the US. They all had roughly equal territories, but they were all combined. They all uh, had seamless flows through them and um, there was open communication between all of them. So, but on the Western end, at first people were free to go to the East and they were free to go back to whatever it is they want, see that how uh, how well the west is doing but eventually that started biting them in the ass they started to see the economical progress that the west was having Mm. and they realized like okay look if we keep sending these people over there they're gonna realize how shitty this mentality is and they're just gonna leave 
And that's exactly what happened. Uh, thousands of people left West East Berlin to go to the West Berlin. Uh, and the factories in East Berlin started having trouble because they couldn't find enough people to man them because no one wanted to work for them. Mm-hmm. Everyone saw what the West had to offer. And it's like, you know what? This is way better. I'm going to go over there. So the um, Soviet Union started to get worried. It's like, oh, oh, we can't have that. So at first, overnight, actually, they implemented blockades all around West Berlin, literally overnight. Uh, and they cut off the entire supply line that the West had to Berlin. So I don't know if you guys, uh, so at that time, Berlin was about 100 miles into Soviet territory, all of Berlin. So inside of 100 miles into Soviet territory, you had half of the city controlled by the West. Mm. So in the heart of the enemy, basically, not really, 100 miles is not that much. But within the enemy's territory, you had an entire city. So Stalin was like, yo, we're going to block all of this. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? There's no way. You have to either pick a war with us or you just got to leave. And I know you don't want to pick a war. So at that time, they decided, you know what? I don't like either one of those options. So they started airlifting supplies in. Mm. And that was called the Berlin Airlift. It was one of the biggest missions ever undertaken. To supply an entire city with enough things needed to live for, I think it was like two or three years. So it was a long time. Mm -hmm. And eventually they were like, you know what? No, there's it's it's, so it was like, this is not possible. We cannot keep up this blockade because it's just going to fall. So they relented. And after that, they decided to slowly start building a wall. So that's where the Berlin Wall comes in because mm-hmm. they could not control the capitalistic uh, sentiments of the people there. And they decided to spread everywhere in their territory. So they had to stop it. And, you know, what do you do? Build a wall to keep everyone in. Because that's like America building a wall to keep all the Americans in. You know, yeah. like GFK said that capitalism isn't perfect, but we've never had to build a wall to keep our people in mm. you know not yet not Somebody yet has not a yet. dream to no. build a no wall. it's to keep people out not to keep people in he just says is that it? also is it i think it's both and horrible <laughs> reasons on both sides <laughs> and now where all of these political and militaristic tensions are going on like and we're like five years after the war ended okay we're not even in the thick of it and by this time, you're, you're all familiar. You, you guys know pretty much what ended the World War, right? It were the nukes. It was the nukes of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So now you add uh, weapons that can annihilate entire cities in a blink of an eye in the mm-hmm. mix. So things are very new for everyone. Before... We never had the capabilities of wiping everybody out. Even in a very bloody war, eventually people would just tire and, you know, humans would not go extinct. There was no chance of that. But now, it's a very real possibility 
that we could destroy everything that every human has built in the past millions of years. All of our culture, all of our history, gone in an instant. The countries started to, to recognize that. Because at first, only US had that capability. But then, through the Soviet Union and their spy programs, uh, they acquired the ability themselves. And we will talk about the spy programs uh, eventually. I don't know when, but um, we will talk about them eventually. Two. Think about, let's say, me and you had a fight, Megan. Okay? As always. And, and I just decided, you know what? I don't like you. I'm going to kill us both. I'm not even kill us both. I'm going to blow up the entire house at that. Now, think about how that possibility would change our arguments. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would like to think that I would still be ballsy as fuck. Um, but at the same time, we would like never anything. go overboard with each other, too. Right? Because we both know that both of us have the capability of destroying everything at a moment's But notice. I would never, ever destroy or jeopardize Sparrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Never. He's not in the house in this scenario. <laughs> or the other dogs. Or and the none, none of the animals okay. are in the house. The but second I heard y'all start talking, I would, I would just leave. I would be like, I'm out. <laughs> Go, I'm going for a drive. Not with me. Right? And that's the... Yeah. The house we took over. <laughs> yeah. We own that house now over it's, there. It's the animal's house. Honestly, animal house. That's where the movie came if from. If we ever get a house with a guest house, that's not a guest house. That's a animal free roam house. They have like little bridges that they can cross over. Yo, that'd be house. dope. That would be so cool. Anyways, that's that my dream. That sounds pretty fucking cool, actually. But yeah, no, it would definitely... Um, Make it so, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want to piss you off. You wouldn't want to piss me off. Exactly. But, but we would still have our tensions, right? But we It'd would be passive aggressive. As exactly. I'd be like, boy, and, and who did this? And I Cold don't War know. It was a very <laughs> passive aggressive war, yeah. you know, and, and it's known for that. It's yeah. known for a very passive aggressive sort of mentality <laughs> that, that these sense. countries took over because they couldn't be aggressive. Because if at any given time, Soviet Union thought that their values were about to be ended, they were like, might as well take them with us. If yeah. we can't have any of this, no one can have any of this. Mm -hmm. That was their mentality. Mutually assured destruction. That's also uh, the train of thought behind a lot of murder suicides. I know that that's a dark topic, but a lot of people will go and kill their whole family because they'll be in financial ruin. And I'm not talking like once or twice. This happens a lot. They'll be in financial ruin. They won't be able to see a way out. And so they decide if they're going to go down, they're just going to take their whole family with them. Air quotes, spare them the shame. But ultimately, uh, it's a thought process behind a lot of those as well. The Cold War was basically the beginnings of a murder-suicide of mm -hmm. the world that didn't come to fruition. It's normally financial... Um, the suicide part did. This was financial motivations. Yeah, it's mainly yeah. financial motivations, and it's normally and the dad. I'll tell you right now, or the husband. The husband <laughs> did it always, almost always. But you can see that that sort of mentality is still lasting today. That's mm -hmm. just one of the ways that the Cold War has shaped our world today. Mm -hmm. Still. 
we have mutually assured destruction, but it's not very much said. So India, actually, uh, there is a movie uh, and it's a true story. So India had to research their nuclear program in complete secret. And this was well within like the 90s, you know, uh, because U.S. had their satellites all over India looking for any suspicious uh, site that could, you know, like that would they would look at the military activities and they would be able to see it's like, huh, they're doing something that they're not supposed to do here. And they created an entire nuclear program and tested a nuclear bomb before the U.S. knew about it. That's because interesting. if their nuclear program didn't complete, then that means they violated the nuclear pact that they weren't going to build it. Mm. But now that it is complete, it means that India is a big player now. Mm -hmm. That means it gets to sit up with the big boys because now it's shown the world that, oh, what? You said we can't have it, but, but we do now. But what are you going to do about so... it? Huh? It just appeared one day. I don't, I don't know crazy. where it came from. Did exactly. the U.S. airlift it over there? <laughs> They're really good at that. They really are. But, but that's, like a, that's a big thing. And that's one of the reasons why India like, is still continuing to acquire power. Because mm -hmm. that's a very big thing to have, to be a nuclear-powered nation. Pakistan was nuclear powered before U.S. was mm -hmm. because of the U.S.'s help. Yeah, I mean, before uh, India was because mm -hmm. of the U.S.'s help. So it was a very, very important thing for U.S. to have. I mean, to America. I mean, for India <laughs> to have that done. Um, so, this is a slight side note, but yeah. at least on one topic, you should definitely cover the India-Pakistan like war. Yeah, I so will. That would be mm, I will. first yeah, person perspective. Good. And yeah. I think that that would be very interesting. I mean, I don't even know. When I, it I lived happened. in a state touching Pakistan. So we definitely had our fair share of like Hindu mm -hmm. Muslim stuff going on. You know? But I think that that would be incredibly interesting. But regarding the mutually assured destruction, I think that Carl Sagan quote is nuclear warfare is like two people standing in a pool of gasoline, one with three matches and the other with five. Yeah. I think that that can be amended a little bit now. It's like a uh, hundred sixty something people standing in a pool of gasoline, and everybody wants a match because they want to be one of the people yeah, that has exactly. that power, that yeah. has that capability. Because otherwise, you're just a sitting duck. Yeah, and I think uh, for this session, we're gonna end it at mutually assured destruction. Because what's a better way to end a podcast? Then you know, being mad. It's the end of our <laughs> it's the end of our country, anyways. That's where being we're leaving mad. off with our country. So I don't see why this would end any other way. And next time on Cold War, we're going to talk about spy games, and dun, dun. we're going to talk about kids. that too. We're going <laughs> to talk about Shark Boy and Lava Girl at the same time, mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about U.S. and Soviet propaganda. Y'all can't just tease some of the greatest movies ever made and then not discuss them. Did you know that um, when I went to school in Oklahoma, it was only a semester, but I earned the name uh, Shark Girl, which I felt really good about because of my uh, shark tattoo. Ooh. I've obviously gotten quite a few more since then, but that was like my standalone at the time. You guys didn't know me when I only had like one visible tattoo. That was like your, um, like your what is it called when a person has that, that key thing about them? That was my your, key thing about me. That was your key thing, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know, your niche? It's not a niche. I don't know my, what it is. Um, 
attribute, my trait, my shark tattoo. Your shark, shark tattoo. Signature my signature look. Your signature look. Because shark all of girl. me isn't enough of that. <laughs> all right, John Legend. <laughs> well, is it just because she said all of me? Yeah, that's exactly what. That's it. That I song literally it. popped in my head immediately. Why are you licking a claw? No, on it's me? cute. Stop. Pancakes being cute. And pancake is being adorable. But anyways, oh. I'm sorry. Thank you all for tuning in. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Thank next, you for ending tune. Um, next week's episode will be Kevin's topic, then my topic, then Michael's topic, then back to Dev with the Cold War Part Two: Spy Things. Um, thanks to uh, Ashlyn and Hayden, my my day ones for listening. Thanks to my siblings for listening. At this point, I can't keep track of which parents are listening and not listening, so I'm just going to leave them out of the equation. Um, we will see you next week on... It's not a nice podcast. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, your yay was so, like... <laughs> <laughs>